Are you looking for entertainment for a fundraiser, outreach, youth night, date night, or for a conference? Does your team need a way to improve team camaraderie, confidence, and communication? Well, look at Wellverse Comedy for a show, performance, or a workshop. Wellverse Comedy is Chicago's clean comedy team, and we're ready to serve you, your audience, or your organization. We've headlined our own shows at the Second City at Gutty's Comedy Club in Indianapolis and started our own TV show called His Line. And we've raised over $5,000 for charity in just the last two years. We are now booking for your back-to-school bash, fundraiser, and even your holiday parties. Contact us today and let's see how a night of high-energy, clean, original, family-friendly comedy can make your next event memorable for all the right reasons. Connect with us on social media at WellversedCMDY. That's at WellversedCMDY. Or online at WellversedComedy.com. WellversedComedy.com. For booking information, email us improv at WellversedComedy.com. Welcome to the Gifts for Glory podcast, where we celebrate and promote men and women using their gifts for God's glory. Know someone who is making an impact for God's kingdom using their gifts, talents, and passions? We'd love to meet them. Send us an email at podcast at giftsforglory.com. That's podcast at gifts, the number four, glory.com. And now here is our host, Dave Ebert. Hello, friends and neighbors, and welcome to the latest edition of Gifts for Glory. So excited that you're joining us, whether you're live on Facebook or YouTube, or catching the replay on the Creative Motion Network, or listening to us on the Taken TV uh, podcast network, or your favorite podcast platform. We thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Really excited. We're kicking off 2023 uh, as a uh, Bulls fan, lifelong Chicago sports fan. 23, this this year is going to be the GOAT. Uh, I, or at least uh, I, I'm believing that, believing in God to make the, this year the greatest year of all time. Uh, really excited that you're joining us. We have a, uh, a pair of amazing people we're going to be talking to in just a few moments. Uh, so uh, thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, let's dive right into our Devotions with Dave segment. Our Devotions with Dave segment comes from the uh, book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8. And it says, uh, Then I heard the Lord asking, Whom should I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? I said, here I am, send me. And as we start this new year, a lot of uh, there's a lot of talk about new year, new me, uh, a new beginning. Start your new year, start your new beginning by be, being willing to go where God is calling you to go. Uh, for me personally, uh, that is a new journey that I'm on. I'm not at liberty yet to start sharing about that, but very soon we'll be sharing about uh, what my new journey looks like. Uh, but for you as an individual, be willing to answer God's call. God is asking, who will go for me? Who will go and go to these people? Who will take the message of Jesus Christ to the ends of the earth? And here's the trick. Jesus said, uh, you'll be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. But he knew the earth was round. There is no end. Once you get back to where you started, keep on going around. Uh, so uh, just be willing to be sent and go. You don't have to have the perfect words. You don't have to have the perfect presentation. You just have to be willing, and God will use it. Uh, as, as somebody that's been a pastor and has talked to pastors, it's not about having the perfect word, because so often a pastor will give a message and think nothing of it. But six months later, somebody will come up and say, when you said this, you changed my life. And that pastor will think, I had never said those words. 
but because you are a willing vessel, God used you and through the power of the Holy Spirit spoke to that person. We just need to be willing. And Jesus talked about sending workers to the harvest fields. Be one of the workers in the harvest field. The harvest is plenty. We just need more workers. We need more hands and feet. So be willing to be sent. And God will send you. God will bless you abundantly in that. And that is our devotions with Dave's segment. Uh, Isaiah 6, 8. Then I heard the Lord asking, whom shall I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? I said, here I am. Send me. So that's our devotions with Dave's segment for tonight. And now let's get to our uh, guests at this time. Uh, they are what you call, uh, they are uh, mission. They are missionaries, but they help missionaries prepare for the field. Uh, they are a great uh, a pair. Uh, they're a great couple. Uh, they're powerful men, a uh, man and woman of God. Uh, they actually taught my bride and myself in ISOM. Uh, that's the Illinois School of Ministry. Uh, and I'm just proud to bring them all on, on board. So uh, please welcome Chuck and Wilma Lornis. Uh Welcome to Gifts of Glory. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having here. us. I'm really excited to have you on board. Uh, we had a conversation about a, a week ago, uh, talking a little bit about what, what uh, my journey is starting to look like. Uh, but we want to bring you on and kind of share as we start the new year, new beginnings for so many people, maybe entering into the missions field is, is the calling on their life. Uh, so tell us what you guys do as missions cultivators and how you, you got into that. So uh, you know, either one, uh, just jump in and kind of explain what you do and, and how you got started. Well, basically what we do is anything having to do with missions. We work with the local church. We will uh, help the church develop missions within the body, doing pretty much anything uh, to develop missions. And that involves uh, teaching people about praying for missions, missionaries, uh, uh, instructing churches in giving and how to give more, how to be more productive in our gifts, uh, uh, establishing teams to work with the pastor in the local church. And then we branch out from there and we do a lot of other things as well. So pretty much anything to help strengthen the DNA of missions in the local church or within individuals. Uh, is your focus primarily helping come alongside the church and, and serving and, and uh, supporting missions? Or uh, do you also work with missionaries themselves as, as they get started? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, in both. fact, we, we work with uh, with the missionary associates here in Illinois, and we meet with them on a regular basis in our home, and we have a meal together, and we talk about uh, the process of itineration and raising their support, and, uh, and then we pray together. And we've had some very powerful times where the gifts of the Spirit have been in operation, and, and uh, we've seen uh, missionary associates uh, complete their itineration and be launched out into ministry and it's just very rewarding and very exciting for us to be a part of that. So really we do anything we can to help mentor or coach or cheerlead them along the journey of until they become actually missionaries. Was this uh, your original calling or were you both in the missions field and then kind of transitioned into helping others get get out there? Well, yeah, Missions Cultivators has kind of morphed over the last seven years, and uh, it's just developed, and we've just kind of gone with the flow as it developed, and uh, we just, with the Missionary Associates, we saw a need that was there where they, they just needed a, a little bit of support getting started, and so we, uh, we talked to our district officials, asked them if it would be all right if we, if we worked with our Missionary Associates, and they said, please do. And so we began doing that, and then uh, and God just grew that from there. 
And how it actually got started is Chuck and I got married seven years ago. I was a career missionary and he was a career pastor. And so when we knew that the Lord was bringing us together, we began to pray and say, God, how do you want to use us? We were willing to go anywhere in the world. And we really felt like this was the way we could serve the body of Christ the most effectively with our giftings at this season. Wow. Very awesome. Uh, where uh, Can you uh, talk about where you were, where you were serving uh, before uh, you, uh, before uh, Chuck pulled you out of the field? <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, I was serving in the country of Madagascar. Uh, my first husband and I served there for nine years and then uh, had a hiatus. And then I ended up working as a single missionary and literally traveled all over the world, leading teams and doing community transformation projects. And then the Lord asked me to transition to U.S. missions. And that's kind of when the Lord brought us together. And she didn't, I didn't pull her out of the field. She pulled me in. Uh, I was a pastor for 36 years with my first wife. And after she uh, passed away a few years ago, uh, God opened the door for, uh, for us to get together and also for me to lead the pastor and then become a missionary. Wow. Very awesome. Uh, and what's the best way that uh, that people can can support what you're doing? Uh, is it only financial, or uh, what other ways can people support what you are doing as uh, mission cultivators? I think there are a couple ways. Certainly, prayer. We are always open to anybody willing to pray for us. So, if someone would be listening and interested in getting on to our email update list, we'd be happy to add you to that. And they can find that on our website. How to add on, and also financially, we're always looking for partners that can help us. But God has been faithful, and He's brought us some really good faithful partners. But uh, we're always looking for more. So yeah, I'd say prayer and finances. And another thing, uh, we lead mission trips every year and we're always looking for church groups uh, that would that would like to go and participate in a mission trip, whether it's uh, here in this country or in another country. We, we work across the United States and we work in other parts of the world. We serve as networkers a lot. So anything we could do to help serve any of the listeners, any of the churches that are listening, if they say, hey, we're kind of struggling in this area, we'd be more than happy to come alongside them and, mm -hmm. and just strengthen the DNA of missions in their church body. And, and you are part of the Illinois District of the Assemblies of God. Mm -hmm. uh, do you work with other non-AG churches and groups? Sure, absolutely. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we don't draw a line anywhere in that regard. If they want us to come, we come. And uh, so it, it's we work with churches in West Virginia, Ohio, Wisconsin, uh, just wherever the doors open, and uh, we enjoy that. And for anybody listening, you can uh, connect uh, with uh, Chuck and Wilma at uh, chuckwilmalormis.com. Uh, that's uh, chuckwilma, L-O-R-M-I-S.com. You can also find that in our show notes as well. And uh, you all are both authors. Uh, here are the, uh, I'm going to pop up on the screen, the uh, covers of your books. Uh, so uh, Chuck has written two and Wilma's written one. And we joked about uh, Wilma's kind of slacking. But there's also a book in the works for the two of you. Uh, uh, Chuck, can you tell us about uh, your two books, uh, starting with Cultivating Christian Character? Yeah, uh, Cultivating Christian Character is a book that I wrote back in uh, 2013. And I was asked to come to South America to speak to a group of pastors on the, the uh, concept of Christian character. And I started researching it, and I couldn't find all that much material to, to really uh, use. And as I prayed about it, the Lord said, write it yourself. So I dug into the scriptures and uh, 
And this is a study uh, that starts with John 15, talking about abiding in the vine, and then it goes into the fruit of the Spirit, uh, and then it ends with a, a chapter on obedience and integrity. And uh, uh, so that's kind of where that one is at. And uh, then uh, the follow-up, or uh, I'm not even sure if it's connected. Um, oh. I am. Uh, who is G who Jesus is in his own words? Yeah, uh, tell I just, us a little bit about that one. I took the statements that Jesus made uh, in John's gospel and in Revelation, uh, where he said, like, I am the way, the truth, and the life, or, uh, or whatever. And I, I expounded on those statements of Jesus, just trying to uh, broaden the, uh, the scope of who Jesus says he is. Not who we say he is, but who Jesus says he is. Very nice. And uh, those can be purchased at your website, uh, chuckwilmalormas.com, uh, under the uh, Our Books uh, uh, tab. And uh, Wilma, tell us about uh, your book, Obedience, Is It Worth It? Yeah, that's really the story of my journey through divorce and how God led me through it. And just realizing that even when the Lord asks you something and it looks totally contradictory to what may seem right, um, in man's eyes anyway, finding that really obedience is worth, um, it's worth it all. And when you live a life of obedience, it brings so much fruit, even if you don't, quote, get the desired income that you or outcome that you were hoping for. Um, yeah, it's really not just about divorce, but it's really about obedience and following Jesus and listening to his voice and following his word and um, reaping the benefits of that, even through painful times. Yeah. And, it, and based on what you're saying, it sounds like it's also a testimony of sometimes being obedient, even when you're being obedient by yourself. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And uh, again, those can be found on the website, uh, chuckwomalormis.com. Uh, so let's dive into uh, your testimony, uh, because I, I believe in chivalry. We'll let the ladies first. Uh, tell us about your, your faith journey. How did Jesus get a hold of you? Uh, did you grow up in a Christian home, or was this something that, that uh, uh, came later in life? Well, I always joke and say I'm, I am not a PK or an MK, a PK meaning a pastor's kid or MK being a missionary kid. I was a good old SK, a sinner's kid. Mm. <laughs> I didn't grow up in the church. Um, we were the typical Christmas Easter people. We went there, but uh, didn't grow up in the church at all. And uh, my parents divorced when I was four. My father remarried and we ended up living with him. And my stepmother was a, a proverbial wicked stepmother. She used to physically and verbally abuse us. And so I was angry at the world and, and literally hated everyone. And it was at that time that my stepmother's sister invited me to church. And I went that night and first time that I really understood the gospel. And that mm -hmm. night I gave my life to Christ and they were having revival meetings. So I went every night that they had meetings. They had a bus ministry, came and picked me up. And literally Jesus just began to transform my life um, from an angry young person to someone who learned how to love, learned how to forgive. And um, yeah, so that in a nutshell is my salvation experience. So how did your, uh, your, in your words, wicked stepmother respond when all of a sudden little Wilma is now in love with Christ and is now learning to show her grace? How did she respond? I think the whole family thought I was crazy. <laughs> and uh, it, I will say that there has been reconciliation with my stepmother, but it took years. And, mm. uh, and 
but she has come to Christ since then. But I think my whole family just thought I was maybe in some cult or something, or they really didn't understand it. And so it took years um, for for family members. My sisters then came to Christ, and I still have a couple holdouts and my brothers that have not stepped over the line yet, but I continue to pray for them. And Yeah, and so it's, uh, it's just a journey of knowing when you hear the truth, just sticking with it and knowing that that truth will eventually speak to others. And not knowing your story, this is, you know, we're live, this is fresh, and if you don't want to dive in, you, you definitely don't have to. Uh, how did, you know, t- walk us through the journey of, you know, your, your based your book, uh, Obedience and, you know, your your divorce. Um, and if you don't want to share, you know, that's obvious, you know, that's completely okay. No, no problem. Um, so I ended up getting through, when God, God called me in the ministry about, uh, probably about 19, I ended up going into Bible school and met and married someone there after we dated two and a half years of Bible college. He was also called into missions. And so we um, first pastored here in the States, and then we went over and served in the country of Madagascar. And uh, it was during that time, during our third term, that my first husband had moral failure, Mm -hmm. and we were asked to come home from the field. And at that point, it was just a very difficult time. Our family was broken. Our ministry was broken. I wasn't sure what God was going to do with the call of God on my life or especially what was going to happen with my family. And we came back to the States. And sadly, my first husband continued in those poor choices and he continued to have other affairs. And I, we ended up divorcing a couple years later. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's why I say at that point, I just um, and I share more in the story of how God just challenged me to remain single, focus on him and and leave opportunity for reconciliation. And so that's a lot of the journey. And it was a difficult, probably one of the most difficult things I've ever done. But boy, the fruit that God produced in my life and in that of my daughters, um, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Has there been a a time of healing and obviously not marital reconciliation, but at least like relational reconciliation with with the uh, with your children, uh, with your daughter's father, sure. And we've we've remained amicable even through the I'd say maybe apart from the first year or so, <laughs> yeah. we, we were able to remain somewhat amicable for the kids. And and at this point now, I mean, really, we can get together and it's it's okay. Yeah. Uh, so in that sense, we've had some relational reconciliation, and God has been good in that. Good. Well, I thank you for uh, you being so vulnerable and transparent. And I think that hearing stories like that is also important to know that there there is no no situation that God can't redeem. Whether it's right. divorce, abuse, and, and time after time, I know that the AG has something in place where there's a restoration process if somebody realizes, okay, I've fallen, and then the church can rally around and lift them up if they choose. Sure. Uh, so uh, thank you uh, so much for sharing. And uh, uh, Chuck, up to you. Uh, how did you find Christ? Uh, are you the the yin to her yang? Were you born into a Christian home or did you find it on your own uh, as well? I was the uh, proverbial church kid. Uh, my parents started attending the Assembly of God Church in my hometown of Pekin uh, when I was just about four months old, I believe. I started at the cradle roll and worked my way up. and. Uh, just your typical church kid, uh, ornery and uh, um, pretty much undisciplined, but uh, I accepted Christ at an early age. Um, 
I would say that when I was a, a senior in high school, uh, I kind of backslid for a few months, uh, came back to the Lord a few months later and, uh, and made a serious commitment at that point in time. Um, the last 50 years I've walked with the Lord. It's been a great journey. And uh, uh, yeah, I met my first wife in, in church. We were married for uh, 41 years. She actually died uh, on a mission trip in Peru. And uh, um, that uh, made a lot of changes in my life, obviously. And uh, But God is a redeemer. And, uh, and over time, God brought Wilma and I together. And, uh, um, and I've always said that her first husband's loss was my gain. So God has really redeemed that. Uh, in both of our lives, and uh, it, it's just uh, another example of how the Lord works uh, in spite of or because of the circumstances that we go through, and, uh, and so God's been faithful, and, uh, and I, I've been the beneficiary of his faithfulness all through my life. So how did you end up meeting, um, you know, after, you know, you go through, you know, both of, both of you went through some painful losses because, you know, divorce in many ways is, is as painful as, as a loss because the, you know, the relationship, the, the life that you're building, you know, that has all gone. Uh, and I'm speaking from experience because uh, I had a previous marriage before uh, Bobby got me on the used car lot. Um, <laughs> well, but, I tell uh, you that the, the Wilma stalked me on Facebook. That's actually <laughs> not true. Uh, after we got together, her daughters did, and they will admit to that. But uh, uh, we actually knew each other when they were missionaries. Okay. Uh, in fact, her her first husband and, and uh, she came uh, to uh, the church that I was pastoring at the time to itinerate. So we had known each other. By the time God brought us together, we'd known each other for for twenty years. And uh, uh, in fact, I was either the lead pastor or staff pastor at three different churches that supported Wilma. And she said that was a prerequisite to marriage. So. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I, I met that qualification. Plus, I was tall enough. She had a height requirement and uh, <laughs> height requirement. So, uh, whatever you know. It, it, but uh, but God was good, and He brought us together uh, after after my first wife had passed, and, and many years after her uh, divorce was finalized. And uh, it just it was God. So, how did it happen, uh, Chuck? Did you make the first movie? Like, hey, a woman, you want to grab a, a coffee or? Or how, how did it? Well, actually, uh, when my first wife passed away, uh, uh, I, I was in Peru at the time and I had a team with me. So I had to notify people uh, that we were cutting the trip short and what had happened and all that. And, and so I did. And I put it on Facebook just so I figured that would contact the most people in the shortest amount of time. And, uh, of course, I got many responses. And one of the people that responded was Wilma. And uh, just saying, I'm praying for you, uh, you know, and, and I don't know, a couple weeks later, she sent me another message on Facebook and, and just said, I'm praying for your sons because she knew my sons. And, uh, and, your uh, first wife? and yeah, and she knew my first wife. We'd actually. Sorry about that. Uh, internet uh, can be a, a 
we I prayed before we started that you know God redeemed technology, but sometimes the devil is in technology and he likes to pull the plug. That's right. Yeah. Uh, sorry about that. Um, so you were saying that uh, she had messaged you on Facebook, you know, praying for your sons, mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, what was the next step after that? Uh, a couple months later, she sent me a link to a, a message that someone had preached on uh, dealing with grief. And she had sent that to a couple other pastors as well that had also lost a spouse. And uh, uh, and at the time, uh, I had a lot of things going in my life and I was trying to, to recover and everything else. I didn't, uh, I didn't watch the sermon at that time because I thought I don't have an hour to to spend them. So it was two months later before I actually watched it. And then it really meant something to me. But uh, we we actually started communicating over Facebook, uh, just Facebook messaging back and forth. And, uh, uh, and one thing led to another. And, uh, uh, and I will tell you that on April 29th of 2015, um, I came in, I will say after a hiatus of us not talking at all for about four months, Something like that, yeah, yeah. It was the beginning of January to April. Yeah, and Wilma sent me a message on Facebook, and all it said was, I'm praying that God heals your heart. And I mm. thought that was kind of strange. I didn't think my heart needed healing, but uh, uh, but I began to pray about it that evening. And by the time the evening was over, um, not only did I feel like my heart was healing, but I, I, I knew in my heart that I was going to marry Wilma. Hmm. So it was just like a switch that flipped. I didn't tell her about it for a couple of weeks, but. Uh... Now, was that why you sent him the message that you were like, Chuck needs to get on board and, and and see what he's got. I hope he heals your heart so you can see. Was that the reason or is it just God didn't you know, put him on your heart? Actually, there's a whole backstory to this, but the Lord had given me a dream, given me a couple of dreams that I was going to marry a widower. And, mm -hmm. uh, and there were one dream, I think it was uh, probably two or three months before his, you know, after his wife died, but I didn't make any connections. And then I was on a mission trip leading some kids in March uh, of the year that we started communicating. And the Lord made it clear that it was Chuck. And I'm like, I'm not doing anything to make that happen because he was too quiet and I'm pretty outgoing. And so I thought this will never work. He's a pastor. I'm a missionary. And, um, the Lord told me that I needed to send him just that phrase, you know, I pray God heals your heart. And I said, I am not. And then after wrestling back and forth with the Lord, I said, okay, I'm not saying hello. I'm not saying goodbye. I'm not saying anything. I'm just writing. I pray God heals your heart. And I would have never thought that that would have been something that triggered his mind to marriage. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the two of us, so the, both couples, we, you need to hear Bobby my story. It's, there's a lot of similarities. Uh, I I was firmly in the friend zone until God kicked that wall down. It's like uh, the song Reckless Love. There's no wall you won't tear down. He tore down the, the wall of the friend zone and got me out. Because uh, she was wrestling with, there was one night in particular she was wrestling with God. Like, I'm not going to message Dave. I need to get to bed. Uh, and she finally gave in. She, uh, I was her Nineveh. And... and <laughs> she had to finally relent. But uh, I, I love the story. I love it how God, it's it, the song, is, it's maybe cliche. God bless the broken road that led me straight to you. Yeah. And it seems like it's it works for Bobby and me. It works for you guys. And again, it's just God proving that there's nothing beyond his redemption. 
what the enemy meant for harm and to tear down god can redeem and use it for good and he brought two amazing people together that are now serving and producing fruit throughout the world because you're supporting missionaries as they go out so it's beautiful and it's it's an encouragement for anybody no matter what you're going through give the broken pieces to god he is an expert at building mosaics yes you know it's interesting when i was walking through my divorce with all the anger and all of the hurt and i remember at one point the lord specifically saying to me that if i would give him all of my pieces my broken pieces my anger my bitterness my shame that he would make it into a beautiful tiffany lamp and shine brighter than anything i could imagine well, to me, that's a pretty great deal. All I've got is a bunch of junk mm-hmm. <laughs> and the Lord's going to redeem it and make something beautiful out of it. And he's so faithful to do that. Yes, he is. That's so beautiful. So for those that are listening or watching, connect on Facebook at uh, Missions Cultivators. Uh, you can find that link in the show notes or you can find out more at uh, ChuckWilmaLormis.com. And that also includes uh, picking up their books to help support their work. Uh, there's three books available now, uh, Cultivating Christian Character, I Am, uh, Who uh, Jesus Is, and Obedience, Is It Worth It? Uh, three amazing books. Uh, go ahead and pick those up and uh, support uh, Chuck and Wilma in their work. So I warned you before we uh, came on that there are two final segments. The final question is always about wise counsel for anyone that wants to use their gifts, whether it's their talents, their passions, or even allowing God to redeem their experiences all for his glory. So I'm going to ask you about uh, what your wise counsel will be for somebody in that uh, position. But before we get to that point, I want to put you through the interrogation. Seven random questions that uh, wouldn't have otherwise fit in the conversation. And I will go uh, uh, give you each a chance to respond to each question. And uh, there is no wrong answer. Uh, I just want to get to know you a little bit better on the way out. So here is the interrogation. First question, uh, other than uh, my witty banter, what makes you laugh? What makes me laugh? I'd say being with family. When I'm with my siblings, we can find the funniest things and it's just from having shared history. And they're probably the ones that make me the laugh till I cry most often. And honestly, that's probably the thing that makes me laugh too because they do these, these, sibling calls where they're all on the phone together and I'll just listen. I'm, I don't participate in the call at all, but it's all on speakerphone. So I'm listening to all these comments and they're hilarious. <laughs> Maybe we turn that into a show. Uh, you, <laughs> instead of doing, you do it as a zoom call and just stream it live and uh, put a, <laughs> a thing at the bottom. You support uh, the missions cultivators at missions cultivators. Yep. Oh, that's a great idea. Hey, we might have to consider that. <laughs> All right, question number two. Uh, we'll start with Chuck. What's your favorite comfort food? Oh, without a doubt, fried chicken. Nice. I like it. Yep. Uh, oh, either yeah. that or if it's breakfast, biscuits and gravy. There you go. <laughs> Amen. I don't know if mine's a comfort food, but I love M&M's. M&M's. Oh, there you go. I enjoy that and uh, a good pizza. Uh, thin crust or deep dish? I like both. <laughs> Good answer. I, I think that I think Jesus would be okay if we did communion with with pizza. <laughs> there you go. Because it's bread broken. Yes. Question right. <laughs> number three: uh, With whom do you most identify in Scripture? 
I would say for me, the story of Joseph. Um, though he went through many trials and challenges, um, God continued to reward him for being faithful and and God restored at the end. And I think probably Joseph. Hmm. Good answer. I don't know. I would say uh, maybe Peter. Um, because I've been down some roads where I made the wrong decisions, uh, you know, not walking away from the Lord, but trying to jump in before I was ready to or whatever and get out of the boat and walk on the water and, and all that stuff. And, uh, uh, and and then to realize that God is always faithful, you know, and, and uh, God would uh, later on empower him the way that he did. And so I, I think I'd relate to Peter. Yeah. All right. Question number four. What's a talent that you have that few people have seen? Hmm. I can balance a spoon on my nose. <laughs> I know that's something I've never you seen. That. <laughs> You've never seen that? I don't think so, no. A uh, talent that few people have seen. Well, um, I've been known to play the harmonica. And Oh, yeah, and I, I do puppet voices occasionally, and uh, we used to do a lot of puppet work in South America, so, yeah. What, what was your go-to uh, puppet voice? A go-to puppet voice? Well, there were a number of them, I suppose, but uh, uh, usually it came out something like this, you know? <laughs> oh, no. like Elmo's cousin, Elmo's Christian cousin. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, question number five. Uh, what keeps you up at night? Hmm. Usually not much. Usually when my <laughs> usually when my bed hit my head hits the pillow, I'm I'm out. So I thankfully usually not much. I would say um, if I'm into uh, uh, well in the middle of the night, it is not doesn't so much keep me up at night. But during the night, I'll wake up a lot of mornings uh, at between two and three o'clock in the morning, and and most of the time, there'll be something on my heart, and I just start praying. Uh, I figure, well, I'm awake; I might as well <laughs> do something constructive. And I, you know, I spend a lot of time praying for missionary friends in different parts of the world because I realize if it's right here, it's daylight where they are. So, uh, yeah, so I, I think that's what I would say. Good. Now, this question you can take uh, one or two ways, whether it's a, a moment you want to do over and fix or just a great moment that you want to uh, just experience again. But if you could go back and relive a moment, what is that moment? Hmm. Wow. Um... I think a couple for me would be the births of my daughters. Those were just incredibly beautiful times. And so... Possibly those, but not necessarily the labor pains, just the. <laughs> <laughs> just just the magic moment. Yeah, yeah. If I could relive a moment, um, I think I would say the night I was called into ministry. Mm. That was such a phenomenal night in uh, just the, the way that the Lord uh, pulled on my heart and uh, weeping before the Lord and and realizing that this was going to be my life, you know, so. Nice. I like that. And the final question is, uh, what would mark your life's work a success? People coming to Jesus. 
for me, just uh, his name being lifted up in the nations. Nice. I like it. All right. So you survived the interrogation. Uh, no bumps or bruises. Um, and the final question I ask every guest is uh, for anyone that's looking to step up and use their gifts for God's glory. What would you say your wise counsel is? You want to go first? Okay. One thing I would say is, uh, you know, I think of Moses who used a hundred million excuses of why God couldn't use him. And I think that's probably the typical thing that we do. And instead of using the many excuses of why God already knows our limitations, he already knows who we are and who we aren't. Just, just say, okay, and start stepping out in faith. And, and really it's the craziest, funnest journey you could ever imagine. So I'd say just, just be obedient and step out and see what he does. And I would say um, the realization of what's next. Uh, so many times we don't realize that we're all involved in seasons in life and seasons end. And sometimes we can get stuck because we, we're stuck in a season that, that has ended and we're looking back instead of looking forward. Uh, and, and I think something the Lord's really impressed on me for, for this year even is to be looking for what's next and not being satisfied with uh, with the, the status quo or with where what we did last year or last week even, but always looking forward and saying, "Okay, God, what's next for my life?" Yeah, good word, Chuck and uh, Wilma Lormis. Thank you so much for being on Gifts for Glory. I want to encourage everyone uh, to check out your website, uh, chuckwilmalormis.com, and of course. Uh, uh, Consider grabbing one, if not all three, of uh, your books, uh, Cultivating Christian Character, Abiding in the Vine of Jesus Christ, uh, I Am Who Jesus Is in His Own Words, and Obedience, Is It Worth It? A Journey Through Divorce and God's Restoration on the Other Side. Those are all available at uh, chuckwilmalormis.com. Uh, you guys are awesome. You're rock stars for the Lord, and uh, it's been an honor having you on. Thank you. Thank you so much Our for pleasure. having us. Uh, we really enjoyed it. Awesome. So we will see everyone next week. And I uh, thank you for checking out Gifts for Glory. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon.